Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Q&E podcast. You're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. I got Eggett on the other line. Eggett, tell the people what's good. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2020. This is the first episode of the year for the Q&E podcast. Let's start the year off right. Yes, sir. We're seeing clearer this year, y'all. And this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast. This is a primarily sports podcast, but go check out our movie reviews, show reviews. We're already doing that. We're going to break into the entertainment industry soon with the, the football season coming to a close. We'll definitely be on the lookout for all that coming up. But this episode is our football episode, so we're going to give you our NFL thoughts, uh, some college football that just came up recently. And yeah, let's get into it. First, we're going to talk about the games that happened yesterday, which were Houston and Buffalo and Tennessee versus New England, because today is Sunday. And that first game, actually both games was nice, but the first game was really a thriller. And OT, Deshaun was doing his thing. Edgar, what were your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts before the game, I, I picked Buffalo to win this game to start off. And just seeing the fact that the Buffalo Bills had such a huge lead going into halftime and seeing Deshaun basically be Superman and save the day in the entire second half, that was just crazy to see. I don't think anybody expected that when watching that game. So it was just a lot of surprises throughout the entire game to me. And also, I feel like we got a chance to see the coaching not really play a big part in that game. That was mainly due to just the talent that was on the field. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that was a well-coached game on either team's side. Yeah, bro, that, it was terrible on both sides. And some of the decision-making by, by Allen was definitely questionable as well. But, man, like I was texting Edgar, Edgar throughout this game, man, and I kept telling him, in Deshaun we trust, man. Like I told y'all before, Deshaun is already one of my favorite players, man. He just gave me another reason to love him some more. So throughout the game on Twitter, man, people was going at his head saying, oh, Deshaun overrated. He been overrated since college, this, that, the third. But when my man came back from 16-0, man, it was nothing but crickets. Oh, it wasn't nothing to say. So Deshaun would always be one of my favorite quarterbacks just for that factor, man. He is a true champion in every sense of the word. He pulled his team back into the game. J.J. Watt was doing his thing on the defensive side of the ball. But I didn't think in the second half they were going to come back just because of that that Buffalo defense, how fierce they usually are, man. But Deshaun was doing his thing. Hopkins was getting his, Duke Johnson hot. So everybody was involved. But the coaching was just terrible on both sides of the ball, man. It, re- it really was. And it stuck out. Um, But before the game, man, I just had a big question for Edgar, man, because I had questions about Josh Allen. And I wanted to know if he was ready to make a playoff run. Obviously, he lost yesterday, but he showed some some great bright spots. So what did you see and what was your biggest takeaway from him? Uh, my biggest takeaway from him is that I still like him as a player. I feel like he can be a good quarterback in this league, especially in his division with the fact that New England the dynasty I don't we'll get into this topic later. I don't yeah. feel like the dynasty is over in New England, but I do feel like they're on a downward slope, and I feel like the Bills are on an upward slope, and he's a huge part of that right now. So I like what I'm seeing from him. I just don't like the fact that he takes so many risks. I get it. As an upcoming quarterback, you want to prove that you can make those good risk throws, but right now taking those giant risks and basically putting your team in jeopardy because of them, those weren't smart decisions. Yeah, and coming out of college, like one of his biggest pro comparisons – well, with his big arm and with his risky decision-making was a Brett Favre. 
And Brett Favre was somebody who took a lot of risk. And that's something we seen yesterday. And it had you, you know what I'm saying, applauding some of his throws and then also scratching your head. I mean, that that lateral for no reason at the end of regulation, like he could have lost in the game with that play. And then uh, some of the uh, throws at the end, he could have threw a pick. It was like, like I just said, man, it was just a whole lot of risky decisions that didn't need to be made. And he made him take his sacks when he didn't need to take a sack. It was just, uh, I don't know. It was a back and forth game for Josh Allen, but he did show bright, uh, bright spots. I didn't know he was as accurate as he showed yesterday. He was putting balls right on the money for a couple of his uh, wide receivers, and they just weren't coming down with him. Like, this game could have really been out of hand for Houston to come back. It could have been like 23-24-0, but his wide receivers not coming up with plays. You know what I'm saying? That really hurt Buffalo at the end of, at the end of the game, man. But big shout-out to Deshaun and J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt made some huge plays during this game. I mean, that set, it was 13-0. And I think Buffalo was about to score a touchdown. They were in the red zone. And J.J. Watt came up with a huge, a huge set, man, that led Buffalo to just kick a field goal and make it 16-0. And that play turned that whole game around, bro. So, obviously, J.J. Watt is the leader of this team. I want to say he didn't even have a playoff win before yesterday. And just to see him get his first playoff win, he's already a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, with the three defensive player of the years, man. But he, he showed why he's one of the greats in this game. But moving on to the next game, man, it was, it was a real somber feel last night watching this New England and Tennessee game, seeing that it could possibly be the end of this dynasty. So, Edgar, what are your what are your feelings on that? How do you feel about it being the end? I don't feel like this is the end of the dynasty for New England. Do I feel like this is it could possibly be the end of Brady in New England? Yes. But I don't feel like Brady's career is over. He's definitely coming back next season. So I need people to get that through their head. He coming back, yeah. and he's going to come back with a vengeance because we not only did the Patriots lose last night, they lost a home game in the wild card. It wasn't an AFC championship game. It wasn't the Super Bowl. No, they lost in a wild card game at home. And I feel like that really stung that whole organization, especially Brady. You can see the look in his face. So I feel like he's definitely coming back next year. Whether he comes back to New England or not, we'll find yeah. that out at a later date. But I don't feel like this is the end of Brady, and I definitely don't feel like this is the end of the Patriots as long as Bill Belichick is the head of that horse. Yeah, and we were talking about this a couple of months ago because we all heard about the rumors of Brady leaving, possibly leaving. He doesn't have a contract after this year. So what are some possible destinations you think that he could go to? Uh, I personally feel like wherever wherever Coach McCarthy goes, I feel like McDaniels. that'll be a huge, part, a, a huge part in Brady's decision on where he'll go just because of the chemistry that he's always had with him. Yeah. And I feel like also the Los Angeles Chargers, that would be a good destination. You know, he'll still be in the AFC He'll still be in a division where he can potentially make good Super Bowl runs. You know, Phillip Rivers' time is coming up to an end in uh, L.A. right now just based off the fact that he just can't produce anymore like we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. But right now, I feel like the Los Angeles Chargers or wherever Coach McCarthy would go would be his two destinations, regardless of where, what team he goes to. Yeah, and it feels like it's the really starting to become a shift of the old people starting to get up out of there. We're really starting to see it all come to fruition right now, with Brady possibly being on the move with, with I think, Rivers probably, if not retiring. I've been hearing he might go to the Colts. I don't know about that, but 
him possibly moving on from the Chargers, like it's really becoming a youth movement from the NFL now. We're really starting to see the old people. Ben is on his last legs. Brady, it's like, damn, we're we really starting to see the young people. We got to get used to that now, man. We're so used. Ever since we were Jits, man, we've seen Brady on TV. Now it's Deshaun. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Lamar. So it's definitely a good feeling just to get some, some new young blood in there, man. But a couple of destinations I have for Brady is I agree with Edgar, man. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, the Titans were a possibility before Tannehill started doing his thing. Shout out to the Tanny Wagon. And uh, the Bears was another one. I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Mitch Trubisky. I know they keep saying they're committed to him. I really don't believe that, man. They got to start winning games, bro. Khalil Mack, you know what I'm saying? His time isn't going to be forever. You already wasted two years of his career, man. Like, start getting these wins up, man, because that defense is still dominant. But the offense has to start clicking, bro. Get Brady a couple of weapons. The Bears have them. Let's get it popping. And also another destination that a lot of people aren't talking about, bro, is the Carolina Panthers. I was telling Edgar yesterday, that's, uh, yeah, just sticking with that McDaniels point. McDaniels has an interview with the Panthers coming up soon. So wherever McDaniels goes, I feel like that's a possibility for Brady if they don't already have a QB in place. And I don't know if the Panthers are committed. I'm pretty sure they're not committed to Cam. So they could trade Cam and bring Brady in there. So, you know what I'm saying? See what he can do for a couple of years. Like, I don't know. And then try to groom a quarterback after him. So I feel like that could also be a possibility, man. But uh, it's there are really only a few options. You know what I'm saying? Everybody really has their quarterback set. But I don't think this is the end of the Patriots dynasty at all, though. Because I think I, – I really believe in Jake Fromm, bro. I know a lot of people don't rock with Jake Fromm, but I really do. And he shows me a lot of Tom Brady tendencies, bro. If you look at Jake Fromm at Georgia in his first couple of years, I know he didn't look good this year. It was more because of wide receivers. But if you look at Jake Fromm his first couple of years and look at Tom Brady in college, them dudes are the same, bro. And I feel like you put him in a Patriots system where you can actually groom him. He can be the future of the Patriots, man. I told my homeboy Black this the other day, and I still believe it, bro, in my heart. Freight Fromm just screams Patriots to me, man. He really does. But you're not going with your backup, Jake uh, Jared Stidham. He's not the future. But how did you feel about the Titans? Because I feel like they're not getting enough credit. Uh, I, I agree. Right now we're at the point, because I was one of the people who didn't really believe in the Titans leading into the playoffs. Yeah, you know? boy. Yeah, yeah talk about the like, Tanny Wagon. I, I still don't see them being a deep playoff threat. Did they surprise a lot of people with this wild card win? Yes, but I, I still don't see them being a possible team that can make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, especially for the fact that they have to play Baltimore uh, this next um, playoff game that they have. And I just don't feel like they can get that win, especially in Baltimore. I don't feel like they're going to win two major road playoff games. The Titans just don't look that stacked to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, but, so, the, but the running game, though, man. Derrick Henry, I think he had over 200 total yards yesterday. He's the key. The Baltimore's uh, secondary is the strong point of the defense, man. So you can – their little little weakness is running – you can run the ball on them. If you, Derek Henry can get going. And you've can see, and you've like, seen how dominant he was yesterday. I feel like if you can neutralize that, you're not oh, yeah. going to shut Derek Henry down. But if you can neutralize him and keep him at maybe 100 yards, 100-some yards, don't let him break 150 because if he breaks over 150 yards, it's going to be impossible for you to stop their – their rhythm. Yeah. But if you can keep him at a certain number of yards, 
I feel like you can win the game. Just neutralize him. Don't try to completely shut him down because that's not going to happen. Yeah. But neutralize him to where he's not the main factor of their scoring. Yeah. Like you said, Baltimore secondary right now is for real. Like they're really starting to become a true. Um, we, I don't want to say Legion of Boom because that's always going to be a Seattle thing, but you know they're giving that type of vibe. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like offensively and defensively, the Ravens are just overall better than Tennessee is. But Tennessee does have that running game that they can make every other exactly. play action play based off of. Exactly, so bro. As but long it, as they can neutralize the run game, Baltimore can win this game easily. Because yeah. the yeah the Tanny is not going to win this game for Baltimore next week. Tanny is not going to win this game. If they're going to win the game, it's going to have to be on the back of Derrick Henry. That's their only chance. Their only chance. So if Derrick Henry gets off, I can see it, but it's really unlikely. But I'm, I'm just happy they got this win, bro. A lot of people was, you know what I'm saying, going at my neck about the Tanny wagon and the Titans. And, you know what I'm saying, they in the second round. They just beat the defending champs, and they here, bro. So I'm happy for I'm happy for Tanny, man, and the, the whole Titans organization, bro. Mike Vrabel beating his predecessor. Or being his uh former coach, man, that's big. That's big. But let's go into the games of today. So we got Seattle and Philly at one o'clock, and then we got Minnesota and New New Orleans at four. So how do you feel about this? How these uh this Philly game? First off, do you feel like Philly can reign supreme against a Papa Russ team that is without a lot of his running backs? I I don't feel like. The Eagles can win this game just simply off the fact that they just don't have the firepower. Yes, Seattle's running back, Seattle's running back roster is very diminished right now. I get it; they just got Marshawn Lynch back, but having Marshawn Lynch compared to the Eagles just not having the off the number of offensive weapons they have, they I, they don't have. I should say. I just feel like that's such a better circumstance than mm. what the Eagles have right now. Because yeah. you got Russell Wilson, you got Marshawn Lynch, you still got Lockett, uh, you still got um uh what's his name? Uh uh Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf, you mm-hmm. still got Metcalf, you know, so Russell Wilson has he, he has the weapons to be dominant right now. And with Marshawn back there, the chemistry that they've always had, he doesn't have to be superhero anymore at the moment. He can lay back a little bit and do more passing than running out of the pocket trying to get first downs on his own every time now. And I just don't feel like the Eagles have enough firepower. They got the heart and they have the fight, but I don't mm. feel like they have the um, the There you go. You just make. hit it right on the head, man. Them boys got the fight. And that's why I'm rocking out with Philly today. Them boys got the fight. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Wentz. I think I don't think the lack of running backs will really like hurt Seattle, but you're putting it all on Russell Wilson. He's capable of doing it, like you said, with all his weapons. But I'm riding out with Philly just of that heart, man. The heart got them through these, these last month of the season, and I think it continues. Early in the season, Philly played Seattle, and it was really a drub, man. I think Seattle won like 30 to 12 or something similar to that. But they really put that game on the back of Chris Carson. Chris Carson's not playing uh, this, this game. Obviously, he's out for the season. So can can Russell Wilson pick apart the secondary? Yes. But I don't know, man. I just like what I'm seeing out of Philly, bro. Analysis says go with Seattle. But my heart is saying go with Wentz and the, the Eagles, and that's what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to ride out with the Eagles, bro. I'm going to take my heart with this one, man. 
I love Papa Russell. I love what he's doing. He obviously came second in the MVP vote in this year, man. But I'm riding out with Philly, bro, just off pure hope. And that's what I did with Houston yesterday because Buffalo was the the uh, the favorite going into that game. They had the stout defense. You know what I'm saying? We knew what we was getting from them. But I just had blind faith in Deshaun. And he came through. I got blind faith in Carson Wentz that he is going to come through for me today. So I'm riding out with Seattle in that game. Uh, but like I said, the 4 o'clock game is probably this is the biggest game, most exciting game to me, is Minnesota versus New Orleans. And obviously the big storyline of this game is going to be can Kirk Cousins step up to the plate, man? What do you think? He, he probably can. I, I don't oh, you think he coming, can? I don't see it coming today. It's oh. not against New Orleans. In the future, yes. <laughs> no, I'm talking about today. Oh, no, no, not today. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll give him credit and say, like, in the future, yes, it could probably happen. But not today, not against New Orleans, not against Drew Brees. Uh, they're playing in New Orleans, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're not doing that in the Superdome. Not not when Drew Brees is possibly playing his last season. We don't know. We mm -hmm. know Brady's coming back for sure, but mm -hmm. we don't know if Drew Brees is going to come back after this season. So he's playing his heart out right now. The whole team, Michael Thomas is just having a Hall of Fame season right now. Sean Payton, you know, he's doing this great thing at coaching. And the whole team right now is just gravitated around Brees. And I don't feel like Kirk Cousins can – step up to the plate. He hasn't even been able to win the Monday night football game, let alone an away playoff game. You know, I know he beat the Saints like two years ago with that magical catch by Stephon Diggs, but that was mainly because of Stephon Diggs. That wasn't really because of Kirk Cousins. I was about to say, that wasn't even Kirk. That was Case Keenum. He wasn't even there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, that was, that was Case bro, Keenum. Kirk now got no playoff experience, no playoff wins. He don't show up in the clutch, man. So, obviously, we know what's going to happen today. I don't think this game is really that close unless Dalvin Cook just goes crazy today. But New England has such – not New England, but New Orleans has such a tough run defense, I don't even think he gets loose. So, you're going to – so, Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw you into a win. And I don't see that happening at all, man. Kirk Cousins, I know this isn't a Monday night or a Sunday night game. It's an afternoon game, so we could see a different Kirk, man. But I don't, I don't see it, man. But – we got to talk about all the options in this show. So what would have to happen for the Vikings to win this game? What would have to happen for the Vikings to win is just their receivers are going to have to show out and just make up for what Kirk can't do. You know, there, there aren't going to be perfect throws and there aren't going to be perfect situations, but the great receivers that he, he's able to throw to right now, they just need to make the best of the plays they can. If the ball touches your hands, catch it they can't afford any drops they mm. cannot afford any drop passes this game if they want to try and win this game and i feel like their defense is going to have to do their best to um get these drives done quickly with new orleans not let them have an effective running game make drew Brees have to throw the, i know that's crazy to say but make drew Brees have to throw the ball to get first downs mm. like because if you let alvin Kamara get loose with running the ball or doing screen plays, you know, it's going to be hard for you to stop their drives. Yeah, I see. I actually see Drew Brees having a big game, being that Minnesota, in in name, they have a good defense, but this season their defense hasn't been playing that well at all. Their secondary, I know they have Xavier Rhodes and uh, Mike Hughes, but their secondary has been getting gashed this whole season. I see Michael Thomas having a huge game. Uh, I don't see Alvin Kamara getting off, though. I think their run defense will neutralize him at least. But I do see Drew Brees having a big game. That's why I'm saying I'm riding with New Orleans, bro. 
Minnesota. That's what I say. Watch, yeah. watch for the screen plays, though. Yeah. Watch for the screen plays and watch for the outside running attack by Alvin Kamara. They're not going to use him that much running straight up the gap and running uh, draw plays and whatnot. It's going to be a lot of screen passes and a lot of outside pitches. Yeah, man. I just, I just don't see any way Minnesota wins this game. I know they had a great season and all that, but just having Kirk Cousins playing your QB, defense hasn't been playing that crazy this year. It's just like that's just just smells like defeat to me, bro. Especially how the Saints have been playing. The Saints could have been like the number two seed, like uh, if uh, things would have went their way uh, last week, if Seattle would have won or something like that. But they're playing this week, and I think they dominate handily, handily win this game. Next, I want to get into another segment, which is the coaching tracker segment. So we already been through the Black Monday. If you don't know what Black Monday is, that is the Monday after the last game of the season where most coaches get fired. And this year wasn't a lot of coaches getting fired. It was like five. So it's not a lot of openings like it is usually. It's usually like eight openings and now it's only like five. But the first hiring was Ron Rivera getting going to the Redskins. So obviously we know the Redskins as being a terrible franchise, never winning anything, but they're having a couple of good seasons here and there. So do you see Ron Rivera turning around the Redskins in the near future? He possibly could. I don't see it coming fast. You know, overall, Ron Rivera is just above 500 with his winning percentage as a coach. And in the postseason, he's below 500. So I just feel like it, it could happen. I still think he's a a decent-minded coach, and I feel like he can get the job done if he has enough talent. But right now, decent-minded—they—they don't have a. You just have to look at the statistics based off his career. No, I ain't going off no statistics. What he's done in Carolina, you know. So I mean, yes, he he has a a Super Bowl appearance with them, and he's done everything possible to get that team as many winning seasons as they've had. Decent-minded. Overall, overall, his his record just doesn't speak to it, in my opinion. You know, I, I just feel like he doesn't have enough on his own to turn around the Washington Redskins, is what I'm saying. Talent-wise, the Redskins don't have enough for him to just walk in and within the next season just make them a decent playoff threat team. I don't see that happening, especially when they need a quarterback right now. And Dwayne Haskins just isn't it. So, unless... Unless the the organization lets Ron Rivera have a big say so in what goes on in this upcoming draft and with how they uh, use their players coming up, I don't feel like he's gonna make a huge turnaround right off the bat. Anyway, hey, good, bro, I can't believe you, bro. You just called one of my favorite coaches of all time decent minded, bro. That's crazy to say. I don't care what the statistics say. That man is great. He's gonna turn around his franchise. You said Dwayne Haskins isn't it. Towards the end of the season, he was getting off. They got Terry McLaurin. They got Darius Geis in the backfield. They're going to draft a receiver. And they're going to get Chase Young. I see a quick turnaround for this team. I really do. If I really, the talent really do. gets there, definitely. But if the talent doesn't turn out the way they want it to, don't expect Ron Rivera to just right off the bat just have a great turnaround season for the Washington franchise. I don't no, see I- it next year, but in a couple of years. Because, yeah, let Chase Young get a year under his belt well, yeah, for the like, second of year. Of course, like in a couple of years, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In a couple of years, Ron Rivera is good enough to, if he has the talent, he can use that talent to his advantage. And he is a good enough coach to where if you give him the pieces, he can make it happen. But 
like within one within this next upcoming season. No, I don't see that happening. This is just going to be a season where he just coaches. I don't feel like it's going to be a blow up season. It's going to take like his second or third season. You sleeping on the you sleeping on the Redskins, bro. Redskins low key got a squad, but obviously people didn't see it this year, bro. Their defense has some pieces, but they got Montez. Like I already said, they got Jonathan Allen. They got the other dude from Alabama. They go. They gonna get Chase Young. They got Norman in the the secondary. They have pieces. They got oh, what's old boy used to play for the uh, the Gators. They got Dunbar. They have pieces on the defense. They're gonna draft the receiver and they got guys in the backfield. And why don't you think Haskins is it? I just don't see enough. From, I don't see enough smart decisions. I get it at the end of the season he was obviously doing well in his last two or three games, but around that time, for the most part, we we knew. Who and who wasn't making the playoffs? You know, um, I just felt like it was this season. I just didn't see enough. I didn't see enough smart decisions. I didn't see enough uh, good throws. I just didn't even really see enough good leg movement. I just overall, I just wasn't impressed by Haskins. I mean, could he make a turnaround over the off season if he puts in the work? Yes, but throughout this whole entire season, I was not impressed. Haskins. Had a better season than Daniel Jones. But people ain't going to let you know that because he white and he played for the Giants. But Haskins had a better season than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, after that first game, he played terrible. Haskins played better than that man in his last three, four games. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is that good either. I think people are just overrating Daniel Jones anyway. You got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So as long as your running game is decent enough for you to not have to look that great, you know, I feel like, of course, you're not going to get the same amount of criticism. So what I, what I quarterbacks came out this year? It was Daniel Jones, Haskins, and who else? It was those, those, uh, those two? Who else came out? You talking about for quarterbacks? Yeah, this year. It was Daniel uh, Jones, Haskins, and who else? I'm forgetting Tyler somebody. Murray. Who else came out? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Okay, yeah, he ain't better than Kyler Murray. But still. I think he better than Daniel Jones, though, bro. You just got to let him get a couple of couple of years under his belt, dude. I mean, he, he might be better than Daniel Jones. That just, that's not saying a lot, though. <laughs> but I'm saying, nah, nah, don't say that, nah. Because Daniel Jones is the future. Right, so I'm, I'm saying he's at least a franchise quarterback. Are we both on that same page? Because you said he's not good. He could be. I don't see it. I personally don't see it yet. He mm. could be, possibly. I just don't see it. He has to make me see it. I've seen some moments from Daniel Jones. I've even seen some, like you said, at the end of the season, I saw some moments from Dwayne Haskins. But I've seen them earlier in the season with Daniel Jones with games that kind of mattered a little bit more as opposed to when Daniel Jones tried to show out in the last two or three games of the season. He had that one game against the Bucks, and people started riding his job, man. He ain't did nothing since then. I'm riding out with my man Haskins. That man only had 13 starts in college. If that man get one more year on his belt, he going to be a problem. I'm telling you. They just got to get that man a good OC. His OC this year was terrible. Jay Gruden wanted him not to succeed because Jay Gruden knew he was going to get fired this year. When they get a good OC for that man, he already got a good coach in Rivera. Washington is going to be a problem in the NFC East. Because, look, the Giants still going to be trash because they're the Giants. Uh, who else in that conference? Dallas going to be all right. And then the Eagles going to be the Eagles. But I see the Redskins being a problem by next year if they draft the right pieces this year, man. I'm telling you. 
Because I'm telling you, Chase Young is going to make a huge difference for this team. Huge, huge difference. I see a quick turnaround for this team. If not next year, the year after that. But it's going to be a quick. It's going to be quick, man. I believe in Ron Rivera. Really, really do. I'm going to miss that, man. But uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, it's a, Like I said, it's five teams that need coaches. You got the Browns. You got the Panthers. You got the Giants. You got Jacksonville. And you got the Cowboys, kind of. I still don't know what they're doing with Jason Garrett, bro. You got any more information on that? Because I know they like on the fence with trying to get him gone and stuff like that. I know they have another meeting coming up with Jason Garrett within the next day or two. I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or Monday or, or maybe Tuesday, but I know they're supposed to have a third meeting with him. I know they've met with him twice already, but they've kind of already put it out there that he will not be continuing any further with the work. What's, what's up with all these meetings? Like, what is he doing in these meetings? I have no idea. That's that's the one thing everybody's confused about. Why why are all these meetings coming up? Like, what are you all discussing? Is yeah. he fired or is he not? Like, that's this just question. feel like a bad breakup to me, bro. He has to be crying in these meetings, bro. Like, they're trying to break up with him, but he he's crying in the meeting, so it's hard to break up. So he's like, uh, I'll wait till next week to, to let her go. No, just let that man go, cut that man off cold turkey, and then start your, uh, Interviewing process. I know they already reviewing McCarthy, interviewing McCarthy. I think it, it was somebody else. I forgot old boy name. Getting the interview. But why are you playing around with Jason Garrett? It makes no sense to me, man. So obviously the fire coaches was Jason Garrett, kinda. Got Doug Marone out of there. Freddie Kitchens, like we all knew. Pat Shermer was kind of surprised, but he out of there. But do you see any perfect fits for these teams? So I got you. I got the little new coaching possibilities on the dock. Dan Mullen, the UF coach, is a possibility. I've been hearing his name for the Cowboys since he was uh, Dak's old coach. You got Marvin Lewis, who was Cincinnati's old head coach. You got Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, Eric Bieniemy, who was the Chiefs OC. Robert Sala, who is the defensive coordinator for San Fran. McCarthy from Green Bay, Rule from Baylor, and McDaniels from the Patriots. So for these five teams, do you see any coaching perfect fits for them? Uh, Dan Mullen, I feel like, I see Dan Mullen just staying in Florida. I feel like Dan Mullen just loves coaching college so much, and I feel like he loves developing the youth. And right now, uh, here, since I, I go to UF here in Florida, we can just see the imprint that he's made, and I feel like he loves it here so much right now, being back at Florida, that he does, I don't think he's going to leave here anytime soon, especially when he feels like he can make a, a decent um, he he can make a possible playoff run within the next season or two with the right drafts, not drafts, but the right recruits. So I don't see Dan Mullen going anywhere. Uh, Urban Meyer, I feel like he could fit with the Cowboys if the if Dallas chooses to go after him. I feel like he bonds with players very well, and he's a, a well-renowned coach. You know, being from Ohio State recently, and I feel like he could be a good fit there. And also like. I like McCarthy. Uh, what what were the teams again that needed coaches? Browns, Panthers, Giants, Jacksonville, and the Cowboys. I could see McCarthy working at the Giants. I I, I could see him in New York. Where Aaron Rodgers, you know, he was dealing with a quarterback who was a superstar that didn't like to abide by coaches' rules. A lot of times, you know, we we usually hear that a Rod isn't like a Brady. Brady is a Calm, quiet, I'll do what you say, coach. We're going to work this playbook out together type um, player. A-Rod is more of a 
no, I don't feel like this way works. Like, let's let's try this way. And I feel like he clashed with McCarthy a lot. And oh. I feel like Daniel Jones might be more of a listening, quote-unquote, more of a listening quarterback that'll go well with um, McCarthy's offensive scheme. Yeah, so that wrong information. Doug Marone actually didn't get fired. I seen earlier in the week that he got fired, but it looked like they brought him back. Yeah, so Jacksonville doesn't have a coaching vacancy. I wouldn't even know who would fit in Jacksonville if, yeah. if they were looking for a coach. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So it was a report earlier in the week that said he got fired, but then they called, they denied the report, and then they ended up bringing the coach back. So, yeah, that was a bad report. So I was looking at some wrong information. So Jacksonville doesn't have a vacancy, and Marone is still their coach. So it's really just four teams then, Browns, Panthers, Giants, Cowboys. Damn, that ain't nobody. But I, I like Matt Rule, who was the coach of Baylor, going to the Giants. Um, he was the coach. He was an assistant coach for them when um, – what's the old boy name? Tom Coughlin was there in 2012. And I think he would be a perfect fit just going back with him because I think he's somebody who can rebuild a program, just like he rebuilt Baylor and made them almost make the playoffs and he had them playing with uh, Georgia this past week. I think he can rebuild uh, a Giants team, being that he already has NFL experience. He has good uh, mentorship in a Tom Coughlin. I think Giants and Matt Rule would be a, a great fit. Um, I don't know who would go to the Panthers, and I'm a Panthers fan. I don't know really know who I want out of this list. I wish Rivera was still there. The Browns, I like McCarthy to the Browns, honestly. I think McCarthy and Baker Mayfield will work good together. And for the Cowboys, damn. I actually I actually like uh, Lincoln. I like Lincoln Riley a lot for the Cowboys, man. I know that's been a rumor for the past few years, but I feel like that's one of the most perfect fits ever, man. You get that offense, you already got the defensive pieces. So you just got to bring a good defensive coordinator in with Lincoln Riley because I think he can rebuild and retool that offense. But if you bring in a defensive coordinator who can help him out on that side of the ball, because obviously we've seen at Oklahoma that that's not his strong suit. If you can bring in a strong defensive coordinator because they already have the pieces, man. Dallas can be a problem next year if they bring in a Lincoln Riley, man. So that's another perfect fit. Lincoln Riley and the Cowboys, Matt Rule and the Giants. Uh, McCarthy and Browns, kind of. Panthers, I really don't know. I don't even know who I want out of that out of this group for the Panthers. Uh, yeah, moving on. Edgar, I'm going to let you list off the All-Pros this year, man. Just give us your biggest takeaway from the All-Pros list. So uh, this past week, All-Pro first and second team dropped. And all I got to say is my man Christian McCaffrey got two spots on the first team. What y'all talking about, man? My man is a legend already. All-Pro team. Let me let me look it up again real quick so I can take a look at it. Yeah, man. So you got Lamar already made the first team. You already know he MVP. Like I said, my man Christian McCaffrey on that thing twice for running back and a flex position. Yeah, and they got George Kittle, tight yeah. end. I agree with that. Uh, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins for wideouts. I like that. Left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. That's good. I like that. Right tackle. I can never say this dude's last name. Uh, Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick. Yep, for New Orleans. I always seen his jersey. I was like, I can never pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. Quentin Nelson. Uh, Quentin, Quentin Nelson is somebody else, bro, who's going to continuously be on the all-pro list, man. Yeah, Quentin yeah. I really like Quentin Nelson from Indy. Mm-hmm. I, I really like Quentin Nelson. And Jason Kells from Philly. Yeah, this, this is a really good all-pro um, offense. Well, it was a lot of conversation about DeAndre Hopkins. because no, he, didn't, they, he should be on there, no question. You but think, you think season, he should? He should definitely be on there. 
Because a lot of people were saying Julio should be there instead of a DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, they, I feel like people are just emotionally saying that because Julio finally had like a really, really good, I don't want to say breakout season because it's not like it's his first season doing good. But in the past two, three seasons, this is probably the best season Julio's had as of recent. So I feel like people are just emotionally saying that. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like DeAndre is still better than Julio right now. Because I want to say he had better stats to him. He did have better stats to him. So Julio had 99 receptions, 100 uh, or 1,394 yards, and six tugs. Hopkins had 104 receptions, 1,100 yards, and seven tugs. I think I think Julio should have been on that first team, bro. Uh, it, it, I know the stats kind of pulled towards Julio, but talent wise, like I'm I'm taking DeAndre, like because they both the stats aren't that off to where it's just obvious who's statistically better. Like Julio got less catches, but he got more yards. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. It's it's whoever you want to pick in that situation. One one receiver has one thing, and the other receiver has the other. It just comes down to talent wise at that point. Who do you feel is going to be better? Talent wise, you picking Hopkins? You picking Hopkins over Julio? Talent wise? Yes. You great. You a nut for saying that. You a true nut for saying that. Dropping a pass, like yes, I'm I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins over Julio. Oh, he ain't dropping over. Oh, he dropped some passes this year, bro. I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about last season. He oh, literally really. went all season without dropping any passes. That's that's talent that you just can't teach. Like, or do you think it was the difference in teams? Do you think it was because the Texans were a playoff contender and the Falcons were men? I mean, you could say that, but at the end of the day, you it is what it is. You just have to. You can't just not look at that. You. I mean, you feel what I'm saying. I just mm-hmm. feel like. Granted, DeAndre Hopkins has Deshaun Watson compared to Julio having Matt Ryan, but you can't blame D-Hop for that. You can't blame D-Hop that he was drafted to a team that drafted a, a great all-time quarterback like that, you know? So that that's that's just a grain of salt Julio has to bite when it comes to that. First off, bro, Julio is the greatest receiver of this era we in behind Calvin. He He's the great. He's great. He's the, one of the, He's a good legend, truly. So talent-wise, I'm picking Julio every time over DeAndre and over Michael Thomas, honestly. I feel like Michael Thomas is more of a system dude than anything. Julio is the best receiver in this league. It needs to be recognized and stop being slighted by these media folk. He, 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 he's top three, top four. He's number one. number one. He's number one. Michael, Michael Thomas gets more catches because of the system. But, man, Julio is the best talent-wise receiver in but, this league. But you can't blame that on the receiver. Like, you can't blame that on the but receiver. But, I, no, I'll give, Michael, give Michael Thomas a do, bro. But when it comes to I, when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins or Julio for that second receiver spot on the first team, I got to go with Julio, bro. I got to go with Julio just for the respect factor. And he had the stats, too. It's like, damn, dog. You slighted my man for real. I feel like he was slighted. But I uh, give credit to Chris Godwin, too. He ended up making it, too, man. Shout out to the Bucks for that. Jameis Winston put that man into a second-team All-Pro. Uh, Russell Wilson ended up making second-team. Derrick Henry was second-team. Kelsey was second-team. I'm glad they gave Kittle his credit because, he, like I said uh, last podcast, he is the best tight end in this league by a lot. Uh, Chandler Jones, how do you feel about Chandler Jones and TJ Watt for the edge rushers? 
Chandler Jones and TJ Watt. I feel like TJ Watt had, well, with JJ being out for a couple of games that he was, TJ had a better chance to outshine his brother, you know. So um, even though last night we did get to see JJ make a comeback and be as dominant like he never left, I feel like TJ had the better season overall for the fact that he was healthy throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not mad at TJ making that. And Chandler Jones, like I think we talked about him last football pod where we, we felt like he wasn't getting his uh, just due credit with a lot of stuff. So yeah. I, I like that too. That is the Q&E NFL Award winner for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. So shout out to him for making first team. Uh, who else? Who else sticks out on this list? Shaq Barrett ended up making second team. Luke Keekley made second team. Richard Sherman. Let, let's let's stick on Richard Sherman for a little minute because a lot of people were talking junk about Richard Sherman a few years back when he was, ended up negotiating his contract and his contract was real incentive based and. When he negotiated his contract, he was 30 years old. A lot of people thought he was done. He was out of his prime. His base salary was only like $2 million when he could have got like 10 if he really had a real agent. But now he made a Pro Bowl. He made all he made all pro. And now all the incentive money is running in for him. Now, so now he looks like a genius. So shout out to Richard Sherman, bro, for not listening to what the haters got to say, riding with his gut. Not hiring an agent and still getting that bag, man. So shout out to Richard Sherman for that, bro. Uh, and who else sticks out? I think that's it. I think that's it. And Grady Jarrett is somebody else, man, who doesn't get enough credit, man. He's definitely a top defensive lineman in this league for the Falcons. But, but yeah, that's, that's it who stick out, though. All right, man. So now let's go to our picks of the week. You basically heard our picks while we were talking about the teams, but Let's just run through it to get uh, any official predictions. So you got Minnesota versus New Orleans. Who you got? Uh, New Orleans. All right. I'm going to ride with New Orleans. Like I said, it's not going to be that close. Um, And then Philly and Seattle. I got Seattle. I'm riding out with Philly. Like I said, riding out with Wentz. And we can talk about a couple of the AFC matchups that are next week. You got Houston versus Kansas City. Who you got? Houston. Houston? Oh, you're right. Damn. I'm going to ride with Houston, too, though. Houston beat them early in the year, man, and I'm riding out with Deshaun. Uh, Who else? Baltimore and Tennessee. I'll take Baltimore easily. Yeah, uh, Baltimore easily. Yeah. Baltimore closer than expected, actually. Seven-point game they're going to lose by. I don't know, bro. I'm going to just ride with the Tanny, man. I'm going to ride with the Tanny wagon. And said that he makes a couple of big plays. It looks unlikely, but hopefully the Tanny shows me something. And the rankings of the week. Go through the rankings of the week. Uh, I'll put Ravens at number one. San Francisco at number two. I'll put... And with, with Marshawn Lynch coming back, I'm putting Seattle at number three. I'll put New Orleans at number four. And I put Houston at number five. Yeah, I was just about to put. I was about to put it. So I got Ravens, Saints, 49ers, Chiefs, and Texans at five. Yeah, that's how I'm rocking out. Yeah, man, Deshaun going to show a lot of people next week, man, why he is going to be a legend in this league. He's going to beat Patrick Mahomes again at Kansas City too, because I think early in the city, uh, city earlier in the season they played in Kansas City too, and he beat him. So I see it happening again. 
So next, let's dive into college football. Not that much to talk about. Only a couple of things to talk about is Chase Young finally declares for the NFL draft. We didn't know if he was going or not, but it, everybody really knew that he was going, but he finally makes his decision. But lastly, Tua is making his decision on if he's staying or going tomorrow morning or evening. They didn't say a date or a time. But Edgar, should Tua stay in college football or should he go to the NFL? Uh, this is uh, this is always a touchy subject for me because he we know the talent is there. We've seen it. We, we've looked at the stats, like we've seen it for the past two seasons now, that Tua can be a, a, a definite pickup for an NFL team. But right now, I just feel like with him trying to get better off of this hip injury, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's still going to get drafted, obviously, but it's not going to be as high as we thought it would be, at least as far as I think anyway. I don't think it's going to be as high as we thought it would be. Mm. I've been seeing, I've been seeing reports that's, uh, or at least mock drafts. Obviously, mock drafts aren't real, but that still had that man going top five, and they say the Dolphins at number five could be looking at Tua for, uh, for drafting him, man. So I feel like that's a good fit, man. Even with the injuries, I know that we were saying earlier in the season that his stock might fall with these injuries. The fact that somebody is still could take a risk top five and draft you, I think you gotta go, man. Yeah, so I, I see that part of it. But then I also look at the part of if you could play one more year in college and just get yourself back in the groove of playing um, to better yourself for the next draft, I say try that. But, Edgar, what if he get hurt again in college? Then his yeah, career over for real. I always hate this subject. Yeah. It's, such a, it's a double-edged sword a lot of times. that You, you just have to pick. You just got to pick which one. You can take your chance and try to get drafted. Um, even with your injuries that you've sustained, you know, because I, I was saying weeks ago, I was like, you're as a quarterback, it's hard for me to take you if you have hip injuries because you don't even have to get tackled. Like, you just might have to land wrong and mm-hmm. you can re hurt yourself again. And mm-hmm. who knows to the degree of how hard you'll get hurt, you know? So I just, that's why I'm always touchy with hip injuries with quarterbacks. And you have to be able to twist and turn and make back shoulder throws here and there and stuff like that. So that's why I'm kind of touchy with if he should go to the draft right now. And I'm also touchy on if he should play again. It's just going to come down to what he should do. I feel like that's a decision he's going to have to make. I just want to be able to point out the goods and the bads for each one. Man, if you projected to go top five or first round, period, man, you got to go, bro. It's it's too much of a risk to go back because if you go back – Bro, it, oh, it never fails, bro. It never fails. Everybody that decided to go back to school ends up getting hurt or ends up having their draft stock fall, whether it's from injury or just bad play in general. So if you go back, you're, you're taking too much of a risk. So if you just leave now, you can play, get healthier in the NFL while being paid. It's a win-win situation. You know what I'm saying? Then... If he goes to a team like the Dolphins, let's just say that, and they bring back somebody like a Fitzpatrick, you can even sit to it for a couple of games and just have him watch for a minute, half a season or whatever, and just let uh, Fitzpatrick do his thing and then bring him in slowly. So he doesn't even have to be rushed into a situation like I think he would earlier in the season or he would have been early in the season before these injuries. 
So I think that the NFL is the choice, man. I know getting a degree, wanting to win another championship is all well and good, man. But when the bag is there, you got to go get it. No matter what. Get the bag. You can get healthier in the NFL. Your family always follow you wherever you go anyway. His family in Tuscaloosa right now, they're going to follow you whatever. It's just like, bruh, get the money, bruh. That's all I got to say. I know it's a tough decision for him, though, man. It's definitely a tough. Because at the beginning, I was really on the side of coming back. But it's, it's just it's just too many risks. Way too many risks if you go back. And Edgar, give me some bold predictions before we head out. Bold predictions. Uh, I like Philly to lead majority of the game against Seattle. And I like Russ and Marshawn to save the day and make a comeback. Mm. I, like, I like Seattle to win and a comeback win by Marshawn Lynch. I feel like he going to make a playoff comeback win against Philly today. And he going to show everybody, when the chips are down, give me the ball. So, mm. Damn, we ain't talking about Tanny enough this episode. You think Tanny the future for the Titans? No. <laughs> why? Why is he? Bro, he got these boys to the second round. Why he ain't the future? Uh, I'm just kidding. He, he could possibly be the future. Um. Do I do I just do I put a hundred percent stamp on it? No, but it's it's possible he could be. I just need to see a little bit more. Maybe maybe his next game he might show me that he can be. But right now I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. Yeah, as the if you're the Tennessee Titans, man, it's just like you're not a free agent free agency destination. So maybe Tom Brady wants to come to the team. But if Tom Brady not coming, you got to stick out with uh with the Tanny Wagon. He got you to the second round. It's just like, bro, just stick, just stick with this man. He got you to this point. He makes big throws. He made a couple big throws yesterday. Just ride with that man. You already got the running game. And I think they said he was 7-3 since uh coming in and starting for Marcus Mariota. So it's just like, bro, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So Tanny should be coming back. I think Tanny has actually a solid, actually a good game next week. I think Tanny has a very good game next week. And another bold prediction, Deshaun is going to dominate against Kansas City next week, bro. Dominate. Three touchdowns, one running, something crazy like that, bro. So Deshaun going crazy next week. And Deshaun, we trust. And, yeah, that's the end of the, of the episode. Edgar, I want you to hit him with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QEPodcast1. You can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook at Q and sign E podcast. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Q underscore Hicks 3. Follow Edgar at Edgar Martin 97. Follow his IG at Edgar Martin Official. If you have any questions, anything that you want to ask us, man, or ask about sports related, you can hit us up on social media. We got an email, so hit us up on the email. It's Q. A N D E podcast at gmail.com. And what else? The YouTube. Definitely be on the lookout for YouTube. Got a couple videos coming out for just to give you guys visuals of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? And I like how that's been coming out too. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Have a nice 2020. We out. Peace.